Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we work to keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name's Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. Also, mama to a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. I am walking right beside you on the path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it really real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is a solo show, and I'm confident that what I share will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families around the globe. If you're feeling extra special, you can rate and review us over in Apple Podcasts. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy the show. Hey, hey everybody, welcome back. Hi. Okay, it's a solo show. And I completed the book club episodes. Hopefully you were with me through that. If you're just hearing about it, the last nine weeks of solo shows have been me reading my book, Joyful Courage, Calming the Drama and taking control of your parenting journey in an effort to revisit and really sit with how much it holds up. Because I wrote that book before things went kind of wonky with my oldest. Anyway, it was a fun journey. This episode is absolutely about parenting our teens, of course. However, I am going to start out with a personal story that will lead to and weave into the topic for today. So stay with me. Last spring, I was fortunate enough to go to this beautiful women's retreat with my friend, Krista Petty. You can find out about her and what she has to offer at boldlyembodylife.com. And it's a retreat that I've been to many times and I always take something new and deeper away from it every time I do it. And during this particular event, there was an invitation to hear from other women about what lies ahead and to answer questions to younger women about what they can expect as they age. I was so impacted. And again, this is something that I've done before. I've participated in this particular experience before, but I was so impacted this time by what I heard from the women in their 50s, specifically around their experience of their aging body and menopause and just that transition that I know lies ahead of me. And it really sparked this sense of urgency. I knew that I wanted to get my body ready for what lies ahead for, you know, continued aging. I wanted to feel as good as I could before all of the shifts and the changes began. Honestly, probably some of those things have already begun. 
that I might be unaware of them because guess what? I'm going to be 50 tomorrow. I'm recording this on Saturday, September 16th. I'm going to be 50 years old tomorrow, which is awesome. I do not get hung up about age. Long time ago, my dad said, Case, things only get better. And while I rolled my eyes at him, of course, because I was a teenager when he said that to me, I get it and I feel it. Even with the challenges of the last five years, like, whoa, dude, big challenges, big life unfolding. And I still feel like I'm here for it and everything just keeps getting better. That being said, also the last few years, they've been pretty sedentary, right? Like for me personally, I sit down, I power out podcasts or I lead Zoom calls or I meet with clients. I do a lot of writing. I am sitting at my computer all the time, right? So the last probably four years, I've really fallen out of the practice of moving my body regularly and intentionally, consistently, and eating foods that I know don't always result in me feeling good in the long term. I mean, my diet's not terrible, but it's not great. And, you know, I always clean my plate. So no matter if it's a little bit or a lot, I'm going to eat that. (laughs) I notice now more and more that a night of dancing, which I love, I love going and seeing live music and dancing on the dance floor with my friends. It's my favorite thing to do. And it only really happens maybe once or if it's a big month, twice a month. But it leaves me a couple hours of dancing and burning up the dance floor leaves me with days of recovery, days. And I don't mean like I'm hungover. I mean, my knees, my legs, my hips, my body is like pissed at me. It's as if, you know, like I'm running these mini marathons without any training and my body really, really hurts. So anyway, I I knew I wanted to change some things. I've got a week in Cabo for my birthday celebrating at the beginning of October. I have bought tickets to a three-night dancing extravaganza with one of my all-time favorite bands over New Year's. No way I'm going to be able to party like it's 99 without some real training. So I bit the bullet and I hired a professional trainer, a personal trainer. And because for me, I have to have someone paying attention and encouraging me someone to report to for staying committed. I just, I know myself and this is what I need. I'm so grateful that I have the funds that I needed to make this happen. I did have to move some things around as far as giving up other indulgences to make it work for our budget. But the good news is I've become consistent with working out. I've consistently met my steps per day goal and that's felt good. It hasn't been very long. It's been like three weeks. Last week, I was in the gym with my trainer. It was actually on Monday. And I was like, I think there's something wrong with me because it's not like I feel sore. I know what it feels like to feel sore because I've been, you know, lifting weights or doing something different with my body. But the way that my knees and my legs and my ankles were feeling was like, really discouraging. It did not feel sore. It felt like there was something wrong with me. 
This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every Meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. So I've been getting groceries from Hungry Root for the last few months and I am loving it. I use it to keep healthy snacks in the house, and I also order a few meal kits that are easy go-tos during the week. What I love is the variety that shows up in the box. Crunchy snacks, sweets, breakfast smoothies, whatever I've clicked as wanting comes to my door. My dietary wishes are different than my family's. The boys, Ben and Ian, they're always trying to build muscle and gain weight, I am not. Hungry Root gives so many options, it meets all of our needs. In our last box, we got cilantro lime chicken with jasmine rice, and it literally took me seven minutes to put together. Listen, after working all day and doing all the things for the fam, seven minutes to throw together dinner works for me. And the ingredients are good, like high quality good. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours of planning, shopping, and cooking. Let Hungry Root deliver the food you love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Joyful Courage podcast listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash joy and get 40% off your first delivery and those free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash joy. Don't forget to use our link so that they know we sent you. And listen, I am not lifting crazy amounts of weights. I'm not all of a sudden spending an hour, four days a week, you know, doing squats with the bar with big weights. It's not like this drastic nose to the grind kind of working out that I'm doing. Like he's really, you know, pretty gentle in sliding me into the routine of going to the gym and nurturing my comfort level in the weight room because I don't really love that. My goal for steps per day is 5,000, right? Which doesn't feel like extravagant. I'm not running. I don't run. I walk. 
And I'm like, oh my God, is my body in such bad shape that even doing what feels like very minimal movement is, I feel like I need surgery, right? And my trainer, God bless him, shout out to Alec at Anytime Fitness. My trainer, he told me, he was like, Casey, you need to take a rest day. You know, part of what might be happening is like your movement is all condensed to one particular time of day. So you got to think about maybe shorter walks multiple times a day instead of one big walk in the morning, you know, and you have to recover. You have to give your body the chance to recover. You have, even though it doesn't feel like you're doing this extreme stuff, you are drastically changing your body's experience, which, you know, I rolled my eyes at him. I felt like I was doing so little and taking a rest day and losing the psychological momentum of moving every day. I was afraid, you know, I didn't want to lose that momentum. I was skeptical. I was super resistant. And I was really in this idea that, you know, my body, I just broke it. I broke my body, but I had enough trust and faith in him that I was like, okay, I'm going to take a rest day. So I did. I didn't take any walks or go to the gym for the whole day. I was feeling really defeated. And I wondered if there was something really, like I said, really wrong with me. And I feel like this is similar in a lot of ways to the experience of some of the parents I work with, especially when I tell them to back off and work on relationship, like take a rest day, right? Are you kidding me? They say, if we don't stay on our kid's ass, everything will fall apart. Or if we don't keep the pressure on, they won't follow through, show up, get it done, get it, whatever it is done. There's so much here, right? There's so much here. So first of all, like me, teens aren't going to move towards something until it's meaningful to them, right? Until they really want it. And there's a continuum. There's the kids that see that before things get really challenging and they go after it. And then there's the kids who have to kind of really be up against the wall to make those moves. They have to want it, right? And if school is revolved around your expectations and your hopes and dreams for them or school, sports, whatever, right? It makes sense that it takes pressure, bribes, and threats for them to perform. Again, if it's about your expectations, your narrative, your hopes and dreams for them, it's going to continue to take pressure, bribes, and threats from you for them to perform. We're going to break this down because once school or their health and well-being or how they contribute around the house, once it matters to them, that's when you see them making choices to get them where they want to go. But Casey, you may be thinking, right? My kid just doesn't care, right? So that's where you get to be really curious, right? Or my kid has stopped caring right? Maybe they were really committed to a sport and now it's just too much. You might think like, but oh my gosh, this could open so many doors for you. You loved this as a younger kid, you know, keep at it. It feels good. I was teasing my son last year because he didn't know if he wanted to play basketball this year as a senior. And I was like, but what about senior night where I get to go on the court and you like give me a bouquet of flowers? Like, what about my, the acknowledgement that I get about being the mom of a senior basketball player. And we all laughed when I said that. I held that lightly, but it's real. Like we take pride and pleasure out of seeing our kids thrive. 
right? And it starts to become really slippery when it's their accomplishments that create value, right? When the accomplishments are valued more than the relationship. So yeah, so my kid doesn't care. That's where you get to be really curious because this is their life, right? Now, as equally as when they're 25, 35, 45, this is their life experience and their runway to what's next. So I really push back on when my clients say they just don't care. They don't care about school. They don't care about sports. They don't care about being in relationship with me. I push back. I think kids care a lot, so much that it can feel overwhelming and lead to shutting down and withdrawing, right? When how much they care is met with being told you aren't doing it right, it's not good enough, or when what they care about is dismissed, right? That's not a safe place for our teens. Does that make sense? It's not a safe place for them as far as opening up, having hard conversations, problem solving, right? It doesn't feel safe if when they are focused on what they want, And what's important to them if they get shut down, right? So it makes sense that they learn to lean back, roll their eyes, resist, and reject us. And yeah, I want to say we parents, right? We do have a broader perspective. We have life experience. We have wisdom to share, right? And our perspective, our life experience, and our wisdom has been developed over time through the unfolding of our individual experiences, Yes, we want all the opportunities available to our kids. Yes, of course, we do see how things could actually be a little bit easier in the long term if they just get on our program, if they just listen to us. But that's where we're contributing to the problem. It's our program, right? It's our program. And if our style has leaned more towards control and criticism, if we've been in this dynamic of letting our teens know that what they're doing isn't good enough or is wrong, even if we've couched it over time in like constructive feedback, because what you share, I'm sure, is to help them grow. And that doesn't mean that's how they've been receiving it. If we've been sending this message for a long time, there is armor, energetic armor that our teen has developed to keep themselves safe, right? To keep themselves safe from our constructive feedback. They want connection and they want to know that they matter. And over time, with overly controlling parenting, our teens begin to feel emotionally unsafe and they do what they need to do to maintain that feeling of safety. Not caring or not trying or not efforting not sharing about their goals and dreams. This becomes a logical place to go if the main thing they want is safety. And it's not like in their consciousness, like, oh, I don't feel safe. It's more out of like survival instinct. It's in their subconscious where they're slowly pulling away from us because they know, well, if I talk to my dad about this or if I open up to my mom about this, I'm going to hear about why what I think is wrong. I'm going to feel dismissed. You know, like I'm not going to talk to them. They're not going to get it, right? 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. I had a really powerful call with one of my clients last week and that's where this idea of energetic armor showed up. Right. And Brené Brown talks about armor a lot, which I love. How your child is with you right now, the dynamic that you find yourself in with your kiddo, while it might feel like it happened overnight, it is the result of a lifetime of relationship with you. Right. That's that, you know, simple. (laughs) And some of you have teens who you would say have been strong willed since birth. Right. And those kids absolutely exist while others of you may have just felt this massive shift as adolescence rolled in. It makes sense. School-aged kids tend to be pretty easygoing and they don't know what they don't know. They tend to be pretty tolerant of their parents knowing everything and of the top-down kind of parenting dynamic. And then they move into adolescence and once they do that, they're in that insular world of like school age, childhood, it opens up and they see that there is actually a lot more power and control that they can be taking, right? Or, you know, there's kids that because of the dynamic feel pretty good about, you know, how much power and control they have. So it isn't this dynamic of, you know, take what you can get. The spell is broken either way. And they realize that there is this spectrum of possibilities. They break free of this energetic box that they have been held in and question, maybe not held in, but they just existed inside of. And they begin to question the values, the beliefs, and the wisdom 
that up until then you have held in your family as the norm, right? And again, if there isn't room for them to explore other ideas, to individuate, if they're dismissed or made to feel wrong or less than, the armor continues to get thicker, right? And the armor can even be like that space between you and your child, that energetic space. Their ability to trust us starts to wane. And the relationships, like I said, no longer feel safe for them. They don't feel like places where they can, you know, have big conversations, express, you know, be in their fullest expression. The armor gets thick. And instead of interacting with the kiddo who wants belonging and significance, the teen in front of us, we interact with the armor, right? The armor is like the backtalk, the laziness, the lack of motivation, right? The mischief, the tip of the iceberg. We interact with what's been created to keep them safe. We interact with the solution that to the problem we don't know about, right? That's what I like to say about the iceberg and misbehavior. We mistake the armor and the behavior for who our kids are now. Does that make sense? When I'm at the gym with my trainer, he doesn't point out what I can't do or what I'm not doing, right? That's not his job. He doesn't shame me with talk about, well, if you just would have applied yourself sooner, your body wouldn't feel this way. He encourages me. He meets me where I'm at each time I walk in the door and he celebrates any time, any effort I make towards meeting my goals, right? So take a rest day, people, (laughs) take a rest day. Connect with the teen that lives inside of the armor. Let go for a while of all the micromanaging, pressure, controlling tendencies that I know come from a place of deep love, right? Connect with the teen that lives inside the armor. They want you to see them. They want you to value them for who they are today. They want to be valued with no strings attached. So could sound like, you know, I see how much you love Fortnite. You seem really committed to learning and studying to get better at that game, right? Or it could sound like you love art. God, you doodle on everything. I love finding pieces of paper around the house and seeing your little doodles on them. Or man, you know, you sure do know how to show up on the field for your team. Or I see you caring deeply about your friends, right? See them and really see them. It's not about saying that you see them. It's about finding those places where they are exposing who they are and what's important to them, right? See that and connect with that. Connect with that without making it about, you know, you could be a computer programmer, right? If you just apply yourself, blah, 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 right? You wreck it when we go there. So take a rest day and let go of your plan for your teens. This will begin to give room for their plan to develop and begin to manifest. Take a rest day or actually take a rest month or a rest season, right? And let what's sore for them, let those sore muscles work themselves out. Talk to the kid inside the armor. See them, attune to them. And over time, depending on how thick that armor is, the kid inside the armor will show up more and more often. Teens, our teens, want a good life. They want to feel good. They want to feel seen and valued for who they are. They want autonomy. 
they want to be trusted, right? And that doesn't mean trusted in never making mistakes. You know that I say this a lot. Trusted in that they can learn and grow and develop without you continuously intervening. When they perceive that their relationship with you isn't a place where those needs are going to be met, they will close off and they will protect themselves. Now, back to me. (laughs) Did I take the rest day that my trainer suggested that I didn't want to take, that I didn't believe was the problem? Yeah. And it made all the difference in how my body felt. I feel great and I'm stronger for it. I was getting the message. My body was talking to me about backing off and taking a rest, but I was so determined that I needed to keep at it to get where I wanted to go. I was hurting myself, right? I was getting the message, but I was too determined that I needed to keep at it to get where I wanted to go, that I didn't realize I was hurting myself. Think about that in the context of parenting. So I get to listen for and interpret what my body's telling me and you get to listen for and interpret what your kids are telling you. Behaviors communication. What is your teen communicating with you? If this is landing for you, if you're nodding your head and feeling like I'm talking directly to you and you want more support, reach out. Coaching, classes, the membership, it's all designed to help you move through the tough now in a way that creates a future that is more connected right? And that is more open for your kids to really be on their journey for them instead of being in this cycle that is more about showing up anti-you versus pro them. Book an explore call. Let's see what we can do together. All right. Have a beautiful weekend, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there. Don't forget, get your free companion guide to this series created to expand your learning and your own copy of the book by going to besproutable.com slash jcbook. I'm so appreciating you and I'm here to support you and your journey of parenting tweens and teens. Find me on social media or shoot me an email at casey at joyfulcourage.com to discover how we can work together. Tune back in on Monday for a brand new interview and I'll be back with another solo show next Thursday. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.